Welcome, everyone. Episode 50 of the Health and Wealth Podcast. Steve Giordano here today with my very special guest live in studio, Mrs. Nicole Ripoll Martinez. How are we doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. It's a hell of a last name. I know. It's a very good last name. <laughs> so how are you? I'm doing great. It's a great day. Every day above ground is amazing. That's what I like to say. Amen. You know, somebody interesting, you know, yesterday was um, uh, 9-11, right? So oh, yeah. somebody today on a call, Matt Walker actually was saying, you know, he gets on the call and he's like, you know, wow, like 21 years ago, right, was 9-11 and how blessed we are to be here living, thriving, working at a great company and helping people. So amen to that. Absolutely. So you, you've had a, um, a pretty epic run here so far starting out at FFL. I'm going to get into that, going to get into a lot of the things that you've done prior to. So we'll kind of start there. Um, I love entrepreneurship and I love the background and getting into people's backgrounds with it. Um, talk to me about your background with your family, some of the things they did in business and how it rubbed off on you. Yeah, so I was actually born in the Dominican Republic. I moved to the United States in 2009. I was 12 years old. Growing up, my parents were always very you know, they always wanted to do the most that they could do with their time. They had four kids to raise, but at the same time, my mom was running a family business. Um, it was a jewelry store, a gift shop, and the gift shop was actually located in the hotel that my dad managed growing up. And she was also attending law school at the same time while managing different properties. So I don't know how she did it, <laughs> but definitely the work ethic rubbed off on me. Um, so yeah, they were very, you know, they believed in an entrepreneurship. They liked running their own stuff. So I, I see the same qualities when I'm doing, you know, everything now these days. So did you like growing up, did you say like, hey, like I want to do this or go to school for this or like have something or was it always like I'm going to run my own business? I just don't know what. Yeah, I definitely knew I, I wanted to run my own business. I don't think when you're growing up, anyone says, I want to be an insurance agent yeah. when I grow up. Sure. You know? <laughs> it's not a thing that I guess it's like commonly known. Maybe nowadays it is because so many people are you know successful in the field. But for me, I wanted to go to law school. I always wanted to be an attorney ever since I was younger and always wanted to own my own business. And this kind of fell in my lap, really, I want to say with the you know insurance industry. But law was always what I wanted to pursue growing up. What was it about law that like appealed to you? Because like a lot of people get into that. Um, it, it seems like it, an interesting thing. There's a lot of nuance to it. I don't know a ton about it. But what was it about law that was the thing for you? It definitely depends on the type of law. Uh, so growing up, you know, my uncle was an attorney. My mom was going to school for it, too. And I just I just loved it. I mean, helping people. I never wanted to do anything like civil law, none of the boring stuff. You know, yeah. I was like, I want to do international criminal intelligence and <laughs> all this stuff, like, you know, cartels after me or whatever. But uh, that then, as I grew older, I had to become a citizen of the United States. I saw what that process was like, how much help my family received. So, you know, being bilingual also, I felt like maybe giving back would be a way to, to just become an immigration lawyer and, and help other people that are in the same situation that my family and I were. So that's kind of the law that I wanted to pursue at that point. 
I love that. It's interesting you mentioned that. I, you know, being down here running, I meet so many people that obviously came here from other countries. And w in my appointments, I always make it a point to ask, like, what their story was, what the process looked like. Some it's, you know, fairly simplistic. Some of them, like, it's crazy the amount of time it took or money. So it's a very interesting, you know, business, we'll call it, I guess, right. in, in getting people, you know, citizenship, you, you'll say. Yeah, absolutely. It's everyone kind of comes from a different, I guess, like background as far as that goes. Some people get, you know, political asylum. Other people just come here because they want to move here. Um, the reason that we moved was for my mom's health. I mean, my mom was diagnosed with cancer when I was about 11 years old. It was a very rare one, you know, um, statistics wise for colon cancer. Usually men in their 50s mm. are the ones that are prone to get it. My mom was 35 at the time. Wow and a female that never had health conditions, never smoked, never really drank. So um, it, it was definitely a rare cancer. And at the time in the Dominican Republic, the technology was not as advanced to treat such things. So we would be traveling back and forth all the time till one day it was just, it just made sense to stay here for my mom's health. Wow, okay. So obviously mom's proud of you, you know, and, and so. everything, <laughs> everything you're doing and everything that you're, you're accomplishing. So from there, um, what, how did everything end up with law and how did you then end up, you know, kind of into your next venture, which I guess was health insurance, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it all, it, it's crazy how life works. So I was in my last year of college. I actually did two majors in three years cause I'm crazy and I love pressure for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> so, I'd say. Um, I was graduating college at, at 20 years old, and I ended up losing my mom to cancer when I was 19. And at that time, I was either, you know, pay for law school, which is really expensive. And even if you have scholarships, I mean, you're getting a lot of debt. And also, my siblings at the time, they were younger, they needed me. Um, my dad was still living in the Dominican Republic. So I needed to be mom for some period of time, I needed to actually make money for some period of time. And then law came after. And it kind of worked and I guess it all worked out because when I started health insurance, I was actually just, you know, waiting tables at the time. I saw one of my friends posted something about make, a, you know, $100,000 in a year. I'm like, all right, okay, what kind of, I'm a lot of this. And then um, went in for an interview and ended up starting health insurance. And that's how I got my license. I think I did my study course in two days, passed my exam the third day because I just wanted to get started. But it's probably one of the best things that I've done in, in a while was getting my insurance license. Yeah, that's so. incredible. And this this is what year now? Um, so I did health insurance from 2019 till 2021. I got into solar, <laughs> which is a completely different industry doing door to door. And then it was actually not until April of this year, 2022, that I got back really into the industry and started selling insurance again. So what was it about solar that kind of drew you in from you know th the health side of things to be honest i was just really burnt out from the industry yeah um and i, I say industry because at the time I, I my belief was that you know the entire industry was to blame for how i felt with the company that i was privileged with and I, it was a great opportunity i learned a ton you know i i learned how to buy leads and the importance of you know being a self-employed individual i learned a lot of great values and i made a lot of great friends but I just wasn't happy with what I was doing at the time. So I was just like, I don't want anything to do with this industry. Let me get into something completely new. I did do well in solar, but 
I don't know, the whole door knocking, <laughs> which again, yes, I was good at it, but I just didn't enjoy it. You know, I didn't wake up and I'm like, I'm going to do great things today and be really happy about it. So. And maybe we'll make this a PSA to hire more people from Solar, right? Because <laughs> there's so there are there's a lot of people that have transitioned to FFL, but like that industry. So I don't know a ton about it. There's no lead system whatsoever, right? It's all a door knock or a cold, um, you know, scenario. I mean, Solar... Yeah, I'm not going to bash the industry. You you can make a lot of money, sure. but it's just like the the waiting you know the waiting time. So in Florida, for example, my first few sales, I had to wait 90 days for it to get installed because in Florida we have a lot of hurricane codes. You know, we have to go by Miami. Ever since Hurricane Andrew back in you know the 2000 early 2000s, we had a huge hurricane. Life insurance or not life insurance, but home insurance companies weren't really paying for stuff. So it was this big thing where now, after a certain amount of, you know, the system being, or I guess like the system size, you have to have like a million dollar liability, you have to wait for this. And it, it, it just made it really, really tough. And to be in a situation that you want to hire someone be like, hey, come join me. You have to wait 90 days to make money. Do you right. want to do yeah, this? It's, it's like, yeah. uh, you can't really... I guess like grow the business and really make the most out of it in my opinion at least in florida i mean other states obviously they probably do a little bit better but then door knocking in you know 118 degree weather might not be the best <laughs> thing that you want to do you know during summer so what does that pitch look like um <laughs> i'm just interested in this now now that we're bringing it up I want to say sometimes it can be a little misleading, um, but you just basically door knock and you're like, hi, you know, we're working alongside with the net metering program. We just wanted to look at your, you know, meter. If they're over a certain amount of kilowatt usage, then you already know that their bill is really expensive. So, okay, on average, you're paying, you know, go grab your, your utility bill, right? So they grab their utility bill, you, you look and you're, they're paying like $300 in the winter time. So you already know they're paying like $500 in the summer. It's like, well, if you wanted to pay anywhere from like two to three hundred year round, it kind of levels out and you save money over time. But the waiting time, then you know, they do a site audit where they get on the roof, make sure that the roof looks good. If the roof roof is completely trash, you can't do anything right. with it. Yeah. So, it's, so there's, there's a lot a of lot variables that go against you. Way too many. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not one to be like, I love construction. So right. all those terms, I'm like, what in the world? I have no idea what you're talking about. But sure, let's let's see what we can do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And they're so ugly looking like, I mean, depending on your house, I like, I mean, I don't know. Like I, I, I get it. I believe in the, what it does, but I don't know. I don't know if I want it on my house. I think I like the all blacked out ones. Those ones, yeah. you know, makes your house look modern. And if you have a metal roof, they look pretty cool. Some of them, yeah, they look just like Some look windows. out of place. Yeah. yeah. Um, it just depends what company you use really. I'm not going to, like I said, completely bash it because yeah. it is good for sure. the environment, but yeah. So you got burnt out in solar, no pun intended, and um, started looking for your next thing. I was actually not even looking okay. for insurance. Um, I had a you know, past business partner that told me about Family First Life, and then at the time I was like, no, I want nothing to do with insurance, no. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Leave me alone. I do it. Yeah, I was like, I was like no, you're going to make so much money. I'm like... Everyone else is the same thing. Okay, whatever. But it was one day that I remember specifically. It was, um, on yeah, it was like second week of September. So literally like a year ago. 
that I was knocking and it started just pouring out of nowhere and finally stops raining. I'm literally sitting, you know, waiting for the rain to pass in my car. And then I keep knocking and I see this white car just continues following me and following me. And that was about my, you know, by myself at that time. So it keeps following me. And then I get in my car and the car is still following me. So I had to go to like the police, you know, station and all this. And then after that, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, so went into the Boca Raton office. I had a, you know, Sean actually broke down the entire comp plan and even after all that, I was still not receptive to it because I was just so yeah. in my head about the industry. And then finally, when you know I, I got to talk to now my uplines, AJ and Josh, and they, I saw what they were doing every day. It would, it, it felt more real. Now I'm like, okay, well, let's do this. Like wow. I want to do this. So this is last April. No, April. No. April this the year. April this year. Like a few months ago. Yeah. Right. Wow. That okay. I actually submitted my first my first app. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So you waited a little bit. You really, you really dove in to kind of see what was what, oh, and yeah. and if it was real. And you didn't just like say, "Hey, I'm going to take their their word for it." Like, <laughs> exactly. let me see some deposits. <laughs> let me see what's what, and then I'll make the move. Exactly. So I'd assume, like most, you had your early struggles. I mean, let's face facts. Like I struggle every single day. Um, it's just a way. <laughs> business sales entrepreneurship is and the way it works how was it for you like first 30 days what were some of the things that went well what were some of the things that were struggles i actually went through it my first few months and then you know having people to keep you accountable is so important because i literally was waking every day and i'm like what am i doing, what am I doing? <laughs> you know what i mean um but it's all it's all mindset because be, you know i was selling insurance although it wasn't life insurance i was selling insurance so i was vectored my first few months. What that means is that you can't really sell insurance once you pay your vector. You know, I was still as earned for majority of the companies and I didn't realize I was at, as earned until two months into the business. So I'm still, you know, investing in leads, I'm doing all this and then I'm like, why am I not getting paid? And then I call and I was vectored. So mm. that was a little bit of a hump when I first started and no, that doesn't happen to everyone. It was just yeah. my situation. And I always tell people, especially if you were selling insurance before, make sure you're checking into all that. Um, Cause that's a, that's a mistake that I made when I started. And you know, I saw it happening. I never reach out to people like, hey, am I supposed to be getting paid? Like just kind of waited it out. Maybe I would have been paid month to <laughs> month if I would have said something. Are they supposed to pay me? <laughs> I'm like, I'm selling all this. When do they pay? Like, what happened? Um, so, yeah, that was a little bit of that. Obviously, figure out leads, my flow. We all have a script, but once you make it yours and it clicks, what everyone says, and it makes it a lot easier. So I want to say my first 30 days, I didn't do too bad because I, you know, I dove fully in. I was like, okay, once I'm all in, I'm all in. I became a sponge. I like to call myself an asshole. I ask all the questions That's good. to everyone. I, you know, once I know you have information, I will literally pick your brain until I cannot pick anything yeah, else because I want to know everything. So um, it wasn't it wasn't too bad, but definitely a learning curve. Yeah, it's definitely a learning curve. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You talked about like being held accountable. And I think this is something that we don't talk about it enough, probably like people come from jobs where literally people tell them what to do every second of the day. You got to be here at eight. You got to be here till five. You go to lunch here. You do this. And then we get this going here and it's like, all right, well, like maybe I can buy leads. I don't have to buy them. Maybe I work Tuesday. Maybe I don't. 
that's a tough thing for a lot of people. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm assuming Josh and who's the other gentleman you mentioned? AJ. AJ. How did they structure for you? Like, hey, like you need to do that. Like you need to dial Monday at eight. Like how did they structure that for you? So to me, I'm the type of person that's like, and I used to struggle with leadership before, not because I was, you know, non-coachable and, and I was a hard head. I mean, I am a hard head, but <laughs> one of the things that I struggle with is someone telling me what to do, but they're not doing them themselves. Yeah. So when I saw that they were buying leads, dialing at a certain time, they were on Zoom doing their dials at a certain time, I was like, okay, crap, like dirty. This person that's doing way better than me is doing it. I need to get on and do it. So it's definitely leading from the front, and I know it sounds cliche, but it is a real thing. Um, to me, I like to follow people that are doing it already. So me seeing that they were doing it, you know, we basically had, we sat down, we did a lead strategy call. They were like, okay, so we're going to, purchase leads these days, you're going to dial these days. And um, when you're doing virtual, obviously you dial pretty much every single day, you're not like setting appointments for in-home like hybrid, which I think is a pretty cool concept too. Um, but yeah, they basically told me what they were doing. Not so much like, this is what you need to do. This is what we're doing. And it's what's worked for us. So yeah, and hats off to them. Because one of the big things now, um, you're seeing a lot more people getting back into the field, like, you know, even people that have built a massive agency. And I know just for myself, like, you can never tell me like, hey, like, don't tell me what to do, like, because like, I, I'm doing it. Right. So if you're building, which you are, and you're selling at a pretty high clip now, and your team is seeing it, that is truly leading from the front. And And the other thing I hear a lot of is, if you're pulling yourself out of the field, all you're really doing a lot of the times is like annoying your your agents because you don't have anything to do. Mm -hmm. So instead you're like calling them and you're like pestering them. You know what I mean? Right. Like instead you should just be working alongside of them and you'll grow it together and build together. So, so that's good. So now how did you from that point now, first 30 days getting a little bit more comfortable, what would you say were some of your next things that were like milestones or big things, you know, from personal production and then team production? And, and when did you really look at this and say, I want to build a business. I don't want to just be a producer. I always wanted to build a business from the start. One of the things that I didn't agree with with my previous company was that I was training people. I was selling at a high level, but they were dangling the promotion carrot yeah. in their face, you know. Yeah. And it was really frustrating because I was doing a little bit more work than some people that had been doing it for for a while and I was just really confused like what, what the heck <laughs> you yeah. know so I, I like the fact that you can literally start leading people and, and helping people and get compensated for that time from day one you know no one tells you hey you can't hire someone and make money off of them I mean that, that sounds bad but it's just you know it's just how business right. works um, but I really wanted to to do it because um, I did go to a convention and what was it, February? February, yeah. And I saw people doing everything. And the story that really got me was Caitlin Blackburn's, how if it wasn't for someone sharing the opportunity of FFL with her, she wouldn't have her, her kid. Yeah. You know, she wouldn't be able to afford to have her child. And I was like, man, I need to stop being selfish and actually sharing this opportunity with people because it changed my life. Why can't I provide that for someone else? So I really clicked for me. Um, I really care about everyone that I bring on. Maybe I'm, you know, too emotional. <laughs> I'm too attached uh, to these people, but I really do care about their success. So when I started seeing what was possible, then I wanted to really, you know, have someone else experience that. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned her story. I was just talking with her the other day, and it is incredible because 
you do a good job of social media, which we're going to talk about in sharing. And, and I know for me in the beginning, I was very private and I didn't want to like share because like you, you people judge you this and that. And then you start saying to yourself like, all right, like, what are you going to judge? If, if I can share this and then so-and-so can have that same experience with if it's a child or whatever they need financially. And if you think about right now being in a recession, which you can call what you want, we're in a yeah. recession. <laughs> And we're still blowing up. I mean, we just announced we had like our biggest month of the year this past month. So we're growing in a recession, right? So if you're out there and you're in a, in a business that you're, you're getting crushed right now in a recession, like come to the one that's growing. Um, but it's just interesting, like the sharing and, you know, do I share too much? Do I not? But you can't share enough because it impacts people. So walk me through a little bit of your social media. You have a big social media presence. Obviously, it's helping you grow. Um, we just You were just helping a guy who was someone from Solar, who I'm sure saw you on social media, right? <laughs> right. How do you attack social media every day to give the message of what you're doing and recruit for your team? So when I started recruiting and I started, you know, I think they call it attraction marketing, right? Like you don't go after people and... AJ and Josh actually get on me for this because they're like, go out there, you know, message people. Like for the first few months, I didn't talk to anybody. I just started sharing my my results. So anytime I get an app, someone has to hear about it. Like whether it's like the group chats, I post it on social media. Everyone, everyone does it. Um, FFL actually does an excellent job at doing graphics that people can actually share. You know, they celebrate people's wins and everything like that. I always share that. If someone had their first family protected, I share that. Like, I share everything because then people are going to be like, all right, what is this that you're doing? Yeah. Eventually, you're just dripping on them. You know, it's like following up with clients and any business that you're in. If you continue following up with them, eventually they're going to be interested in what you're offering because you're like, okay, you're being persistent. What do you want? <laughs> and then you start telling them. They're like, okay, let's do it. So it was the same thing. You know, at first, um, people are like, oh, what is this, you know, FFL thing? Someone we're a pretty big company so someone's heard of it at some point they're like oh I've heard of them before but tell me more about it and then you know you tell them and eventually people are really interested in what we do so you just gotta you know really share that so I just I just share everything that I do all the success um, sometimes even you know when I get underwriting issues for example I'll post oh underwriting happens sometimes like I show the pretty and the ugly of the business because yes. then you set you, you set better expectations and everything's great and this sounds too good to be true you know right it, it is tough um some 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 days are you know better than others but i share i share everything yeah that's great so so now as you've started building um what are some of the things there in you good bad and ugly that you see that you like some of the things that you've learned from um you know because let's face facts like <laughs> being a personal producer is hard in its own right you know, but at the end of the day, you control it. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Like you don't control the client. You don't control what their action is, but you control you. And you know, the fact of the matter is it's a numbers game. You can put the numbers in your favor. You sell a little bit, you know how to sell. You'll be all right. But now when you start building and you start dealing with people, personalities, how has that been for you thus far? I think I'm going to credit everything to the system that was already in place. So Josh did a really good job at providing a training so he develops leaders then those leaders develop other leaders and you know you kind of like pass it on so um this is something that i definitely struggled with because it's either i'm either producing or i'm training like i can't do both so how can i structure my daily schedule to where 
my training times don't affect my personal producer times. If I know that from eight to 12, those are the best times to dial on the East Coast, I'm not going to say, hey guys, like let's, you know, unless obviously a, a new agent is on an app, I'm going to stop what I'm doing and help them. But if you have a question about a carrier, what do I know? Call a carrier, you know? Yeah, wait sure. till after yeah, dialing hours, you know? Right. So it's just being smart about your time is huge. Time management has been huge for me um, because it's like, you know, Josh always tells me, learn how to delegate. You know, if, yeah. if you know that you don't have an answer, like don't sit in a breakout room on Zoom trying to figure it out together. Just be like, call the CRM, call the company. And and that's something that helped me a lot, you know, with the silly things and, and spending a lot of time on, on stuff that, you know, AJ calls it activities that are or non-money making activities like don't spend too much time on those things but definitely structure your schedule to where you have your designated times to produce and then spend time with your team or if i you know i'm dialing from 8 a.m and i get two sales by like 10 o'clock i can spend a little bit more time with my team you know developing people helping them um setting them up on the crm or hey like call these leads you know so just time management is it's what's helped me the most in this have you gotten to having a staff yet or not yet? Not yet. And that's, again, another thing they're on me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we You're have, welcome, Josh, by the way. <laughs> I was going to say. But we do have Riley. She's awesome. She's Josh's admin. Okay. Um, she does an incredible job of getting everyone, you know, set up. Um, what I really depend on her for is really just, like, contracting and everything like that. Everything else I kind of do myself. But yeah, definitely as I continue to grow, that's something that, you know, she can't manage so many teams at once. Obviously, I'll, I'll have to have my own staff. But as of right now, I think that, you know, she does a, a really good job at getting everyone plugged in and, you know, sending out study courses or um, getting people through all the, you know, carrier contracts and everything like that. She's done a really good job at that. Yeah, that's good. Um, and when you look at the integrity factor, which I'm sure obviously you've seen <laughs> plenty of and um, will continue to see more of, um, I'd assume that's in your in your vision for yourself, Absolutely. right? When you see that and you see some of the people that have attained it, what does it really mean for you and, and like what you, what you want for you and your family? So integrity was actually one of the reasons that I chose to come to FFL because there's a lot of IMOs out there, obviously, not only as a comp grade, um, we do have a, you know, access to a bunch of leads, but also integrity definitely got my attention. And the reason why is because, you know, the same thing growing up, I never said I want to be an insurance agent, like no one wants to sell insurance, you know, for the rest of their life, but you do want to build a successful business, you want to train people to do what you've done. I find that in a few years, I want to be doing that rather than, you know, myself picking up the phone every single day and yeah. and doing the dials and everything like that. So um, it, it is, you know, attractive when <laughs> whenever you put it that way. Um, so to me, when, when I was thinking of integrity, it was just basically like, you know, thinking even of like, I, I don't know, let me use an example. Like even like at the mall, you see all these like smaller stores, like eventually they got bought out by bigger stores, yeah. bigger department stores. I mean, it's the same way, like build up enough, do the work and everything like that. And then eventually you're not going to have to put so much emphasis on being a personal producer your whole life, but yeah. now you're building a business. And, and I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. You know, you look, selling insurance is amazing. You're going to do it for a certain amount of time. It'll pay the bills and then some, obviously. Right. But when you can build that business that they will partner with, I mean, it's a game changer. 
And I mean, if you look at their their setup of how many partners they have, like think of how many of them are the percentage that are FFL. Yes. You know, which really tells you like, hey, I'm in the right place. Exactly. You know, which is pretty incredible. So what are some goals for yourself, you know, personal? Oh, actually, I want to touch on this. I see a lot of stuff for you in fitness. Yes. So you do some pretty badass workouts that I've seen. <laughs> yeah. Um, I used to body build. I actually, you know, put on some COVID-19 weight that never came off. <laughs> it's been real. Yeah, it's been real. But I always like to challenge myself physically. Um, actually, I've seen a lot of people doing like even like the 75 hard challenge i never actually completed i know john wetmore does it like twice a year and i think he's bananas but you know yeah. <laughs> to each their own uh, which is which is a really good thing so i think that i mean i, I come from a athletic background i played volleyball growing up and you know like i said i did bodybuilding shows and everything like that i think that by being so disciplined and having that mental toughness of getting up in the morning, going to the gym, you you literally see you have 30 minutes of cardio. You're like, no, I just have three, 10 minutes of cardio right. left, you know? Right. And just seeing stuff like that makes you make it through the little inconveniences that you deal with every single day. Like, I don't know, like if my you know computer all of a sudden restarts, like I'm not going to want to throw it because <laughs> I know that I already have that mental fortitude of getting up at like five in the morning to, to get my workout done. By that time, I'm like, okay, I already got the tough part out of the way. I can deal with this. Yeah. So it's a very helps. good way to look at it. <laughs> and and I agree with you. I think it's something that's helped me for sure because I don't think I'd be as disciplined without it. Yeah. You know, like I woke up this morning and I was sick and I'm like, well, I'm going to go to the gym because like I went to the gym yesterday when I wasn't sick. I'm going to go to the gym <laughs> today when I'm sick. I'll probably go tomorrow. Like it's just what I do right. at this point. And I think it's the same you transition it over to your business. Like I got to go dial now, like, because I just do like, yeah. doesn't matter what I feel like. Yeah. It's no. the compound effect. I, I definitely believe in that. So it's every little action that you do every day does accumulate to be a bigger thing. So even if one day you don't get the results that you want by putting in the same action that you did yesterday and you got re great results, you can't stop. It's like if you invest in leads and you know, you have a great return your first week and then your second week, not as good can't spend less money now you got to continue spending the same because it's just all going to add up like the people that didn't answer last week are going to be sales that you get this week so you just always have to continue putting in that same activity so i take it like a lot of that stuff with the fitness and, and the mentality and mindset it's kept you as unemotional as possible to kind of ride the roller coaster that this can be sometimes um so to me because I, I am a very emotional person um I think it's a female thing, <laughs> like we're very emotional creatures. Maybe. But it's, to me, more so than, you know, the fitness aspect of it. Yes, it helps, but your environment is huge. And a lot of people, it's like, you know, don't feed off your environment. Not everyone's like that. I wish I could just one day wake up and I'm emotionless. Oh, my gosh, I'd be so great at so many things. Right. <laughs> but unfortunately, you know, life doesn't work like that. But to me, I've found that changing your environment to feed off of the right environment is probably the best thing that you can do. So if I'm feeling a certain way and, you know, people notice that I've been really quiet, they'll check on me and, and then you're like, okay, you know, this is more than just money. Like people actually care. Like I can actually reach out to people and, and have them help me if I'm in a funk or anything like that. I think that that helps me way more than, you know, than the gym. I mean, yeah, it does help, you know, you get that dopamine boost every single day, but, yeah. um, 
it definitely helps to have a, a, a great environment of people that will help you and continue to push you. Yeah, and I think you, know, like you guys have a tremendous team, and Josh and Nina, and you go on and, and yes. on and on um, with great leaders. And what is cool is, like, you guys are all – you're all making money. You're making money together, but you're just looking out for each other. And, and like you said, at the end of the day, if you help a lot of people, the money's there. Like, we live, we work in, a, in an industry of money. Like, if anybody's confused, like, we work in the industry of money. Financial if, services. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Financial service. They don't call it that for no good reason. Right. Um, but if you do right by people, same with clients, you'll be all right. Like, just do the right thing, keep it moving, you'll be okay. 100%. I think that at the end of the day, good people always win. It might be tough at the beginning because, you know, the people that kind of, like, fake it and get through places, it Eventually, that, yeah, that catches goes up. away. Catches it, up it does. Yeah. So just stay true to yourself. You know, um, there's been a lot of times that I feel down because I'm like, did I do the right thing? I mean, I'm doing all this stuff and it's not working out for me. And maybe it didn't work out right away. But maybe, you know, I'm a, I'm a religious person. I was like, maybe God had better plans. This little thing didn't work. And now I'm, I'm over here doing amazing things because I didn't let that one bad thing, you know, kind of completely change the goals that I had for myself. Yeah. So I, I do believe in that. You just got to believe in something greater will happen and believe in something greater than yourself. And then, you know, those little problems won't seem so big. Amen. Well, we'll leave it on this. So we, <laughs> we now have, which is crazy, you figure we're in September. So we literally have how many months of convention? Like four? Uh, October, November, December. Five? Yeah. Five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm bad. I, I can't, even, horrible, can't even keep track of what day it is at this point. So we're, we're, we're on our way. We're, we're, we're in the fourth quarter of the year. Yeah. What do you think your team is going to be when we're sitting in Miami at convention? Where do you think your team will be? What's kind of like your goal? Definitely getting closer to the 300K. I mean, that's, that's the goal. I want to say, you know, this month we're – I want to say we're definitely hitting logo. And, um, there you go. Yeah. Um, you have a name picked. I do, and you guys will see it pretty All right, soon. okay, so I won't, I, I won't press <laughs> you. Like, I don't want to. I, I know, right? It's There's not that many names left at this point with the amount of groups we have. You'd think, but. <laughs> well, you're, yeah, you probably got <laughs> a good one. I got this name from, um, it was actually a, a solar door-to-door con in Utah back in January. And Jim Quick, I don't know if you know who he is. He's a, um, a public speaker. He does, like, quick learning. Okay. Um, he helps basically learn stuff quickly and, and he helps a lot of actors memorize their scripts very quickly. So he said, you know, this one sentence that just like stuck with me and I'm like, that's, that's the name. That's nice. it. That's the name. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, you guys will see it pretty soon. Yeah. I mean, September five week month, you're going to knock it out of <laughs> the park. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, you, you definitely probably will be there because you got good momentum. You're hiring more market. You're, you know, you're sharing at every you know turn and you're working. <laughs> And hard work pays. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. It does. Well, I appreciate you coming down. It was great having you. And you uh, so if much. you ever want to work in the office here, I know you. You know, you work from home, right? I do. So you, you yeah, you like the comfort of. Uh, I love wearing my pajama bottoms. Yeah, no doubt. I feel <laughs> you. Unless I'm allowed to come here with my pajama bottoms. I mean, I practically <laughs> wear that when I'm here. I'm practically in my pajamas. I'm like the king of t-shirts. So feel free. I mean, nobody's gonna judge you. Well, it's great having you Thank and you. Uh, anything you need, love to help you get you and your team out. And just thanks again for coming down. Sounds great. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. <laughs> you too. Mm-hmm.